Gratitude That's my everyday What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. I am excited you're here. Today's guest is Vivica. I hope I pronounced that right. Meneghez. Very, very fascinating conversation. Uh, Vivica actually reached out to me uh, on social media after listening to one of my podcasts. And to be honest with you, I was a little hesitant because I usually have podcasts, people, guests on that I know, and I know kind of how the conversation is going to flow. Had no idea uh, who she was, um, but I decided to trust the intuition, had her on, and it turned out to be an incredible episode. Um, She is the founder of uh, The Nourished Caveman. She's a nutritionist. She's really uh, passionate about, um, you know, like the caveman diet and keto diet and all this stuff. And I, I was really unsure about kind of how the conversation was going to go. And it's fascinating that we didn't talk anything about what she does kind of in this 3D reality. We really dove really deep, really fast. And if you're interested in any type of esoteric topics, spirituality, connection, psychedelics, um, ancient Egyptians, aliens, the Syrian star system, Orion, she honestly, I have a lot of people on the podcast and I, I love talking about this kind of stuff, obviously. And she actually is one of the rare few that actually blew my mind and had a lot of really cool insights about a lot of these cool, unanswerable questions that I really love discovering. I know you guys are going to love this episode. Um, Before we get started, though, if you really enjoy this podcast and you want to support me in any type of way, please press pause right now. Obviously, press pause after what I'm about to tell you. Go leave a review. Uh, leave a five-star review, go say a few nice words about this podcast. It goes a long way in helping support it and getting it to a wider audience. Uh, that being said, if something in this podcast resonates with you, you think it might have an impact on somebody that you know, go ahead and share it with them. That goes a long way as well. And I really appreciate the support in that way. If you feel feel called to support the podcast uh, in an even deeper way, in a financial way, then you can become a premium subscriber. There is a link in the show notes and uh, it's only $7 a month. And by doing that, you will not only just support the podcast and me and trying to build out this podcast and bring on amazing guests and all the backend work that goes into it, you will also receive access to premium content that nobody else gets access to, uh, including extended episodes like this one um, and other premium content that I'm really excited about creating for you premium members. I uh, really appreciate all the support, all the love. Uh, Also, before we get started, I want to talk about The Heart Collective. Uh, It is my passion project, building community for former male professional athletes. If you are a former athlete or you know somebody that is going through that transition and needs support and community, uh, it's continuing to grow. Uh, The guys in the community are amazing and we're doing this deep healing work together. Uh, You can go to theheartcollective.com. That's H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com to check out more. I'm also excited about the masterclass series that we are starting to put together for our wider audience. You do not need to be an athlete to participate in these, uh, bringing on a lot of thought leaders, experts, coaches in a wide variety of different fields. We've already done a few of them and you're not going to want to miss them. Uh, To get more information on that, go to theheartcollective.com. All you got to do is put your email in there and you will stay up to date with all the amazing content we're creating. Uh, We got a couple retreat experiences as well, built out for former athletes, really excited about those. Uh, So if if that's something you're interested in, go check it out, go support it. Uh, Another good way to follow all the content I'm creating is to follow my own personal newsletter. There's a link in the show notes for that. That's a good way to stay up to date with all the podcasts coming out, all my other content that I'm creating and any any kind of projects that I'm working on that you wanna stay up to date with. also want to give a shout out to my wife, 
Sarah, if you've been following either her or me, uh, she is doing really big things in the world through her company, growmotely.com. She is changing the face of work. Uh, it's a really amazing project. If you are a small to medium sized business looking to go fully remote and looking for remote talent globally, go check out the platform. If you're somebody that's looking for work, looking to find a company that you're aligned with, uh, as far as culture and vision and purpose goes, um, it's really an incredible, incredible platform. Go to growmotely.com. You can use the link in the show notes. Um, my affiliate link so that I can get some action as well. Um, go check it out. And yeah, I think that's it. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. I know I did. Vivica, how you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for yeah. this I'm really excited to to jam with you too. Um, I don't even know where to start. Let's. Uh, how about you share with the audience a little bit about who you are, and then we'll dive into your journey and uh, some of these unanswerable questions of the universe, and get your perspective on those. Uh, so, um, who I am, I think I am a seeker of truth, and it's been one of my big motivators throughout life, which is like always search, never stop, find the answers to the questions that seemed unanswerable from the beginning. I was born in Italy, born and raised. I left Italy when I was like 19. And then I lived in Germany. Then I lived in Spain. Then I came to the United States. I lived in California. And then I lived between the States and Brazil for a while. I traveled all over the world. I speak five languages. And, you know, now going traveling to South America, to Peru on a regular basis. So there's been a lot of searching in my life. And, you know, it's one of the good things about getting older is that you finally start getting some traction. I find that it's in my experience and finding some answers because I remember when. I was in my 20s and 30s. It was just like, why, why, why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm really feeling good about where I'm at in my life right now. And, you know, making sense of things. Um, trying to finally make sense of things for myself. Mm, yeah, I think that's the the big question I've kind of was implanted with at a young age. I think every kid is, you know, that curiosity asking the question why. And I think through the programming of our parents and society. It's like, you know, asking why is like, they just get stifled, right? It's like, well, it's because I said so, or because of this, and we don't really know the answers. And I think coming to a place of not knowing is the real gift, but I'd love to know where did that, that, that deep desire to seek the truth originate and where did it come from? Have you always been on this path or was there a certain experience that kind of really ignited it within you? You know, having unwound that and asking myself the same question, I think it really came with my soul into this body because I've been like that as as long as I can remember, you know. And I remember, I mean, I was like 11, 12, I got kicked out of boarding school because of too many wives and because, like, you know, I went to Catholic boarding school in Italy because that was the one that was available and you know the nuns and I butted heads 
the whole way. And, you know, I finally read the whole Bible and I was traveling around with the Bible under my arm and telling them, like, what you're saying and doing does not match what's in here. Like, how do you justify that? <laughs> the boot. I got the boot. <laughs> That's fascinating. So you grew up, you grew up, is it Christian or Catholic? Catholic. I was, I mean, my mom, luckily, was a very open-minded person. And I was born in 1968, which was like, you know, the 60s, the 70s. There was a moment of more like a breath of fresh air, open-mindedness. And my mom was definitely not like one of those dogmatic brainwashed people. She was also very young when she had me, which was an advantage because then she kind of became a little brainwashed after that. But when I was a kid, my mom was reading like all kinds of different books. And like, I remember growing up reading Gandhi and all the works of Gandhi before the age of like 12 again. And like being, I had a book about yoga when I was like, you know, eight or nine. And like, I was doing yoga on my own from the book. So I was luckily exposed to a more open mentality and was not indoctrinated, even though going to school, you know, in a Catholic school. And I went to boarding school from the age of like eight, nine, ten, something like that. I think 10 to like 16 when I got finally kicked out. <laughs> you know, it's like definitely like no more. Um, but I still went to school. I was just not there sleeping. Boarding school means I was sleeping at school because my mom was a single mom and she was working full time. My grandma was working full time. She, they couldn't even take care of me, you know, so I had to be in school. Um, I'd love to get your perspective on, on organized religion, right? Because I'm, I grew up in a Christian household. My parents are very much still kind of in that dogmatic belief system. And I just, as reflecting and, and, you know, I have a very open mind. I've read all these different spiritual texts and different philosophies. And like, really, I have a deep seeker of truth myself and really trying to understand and not attach to one idea or the other. And I just find it really fascinating how, you know, these religions, you know, over 2000 years, they're still so ingrained in our psyches and our collective unconscious. And they like, they, they, they keep people so trapped in these beliefs. And I just would love to get your perspective on, on why that is. Why are people so uh, brainwashed into this thing? And how come it's so hard to break out of that, that belief structure? Because even my parents, you know, they, they start questioning the government and they start questioning these other narratives, these collective narratives, but they're still so attached to this one religious belief structure. And I think that's, that's really hard for people to look at because there's this base foundational of, I don't know whether it's the fear of death that the story is created, like you want to live forever in eternity, but I'd love to get your perspective, you know, understanding uh, a wider perspective uh, and then you being in the church and actually studying and trying to, to find the answers within it. Um, what comes to you when you, when you think about that? Um, I think it's a question of spiritual maturity. You know, like we say, um, there is such a thing as like emotional maturity and we talk about it a lot. Like, you know, a person can be more or less emotionally mature depending independently of their age. So I think that at the same time, because like, you know, in my cosmology, our souls are kind of timeless and, you know, they're not confined to the same restrictions of time as the physical bodies. I do believe that the souls do come back in multiple incarnations, like being in this form or maybe other forms on this planet or other planets. 
And so I think that the that religions, like organized religions, are really like kindergarten for the soul, you know, and like they're kind of needed for a minute because I I don't know. And it's such a good question because like is that true? Or like if humanity was truly evolved as a collective, as a spiritual level, like we wouldn't need them at all. But because we are not, then we need this kind of interpretation. You know, imagine like when you talk to a little kid and you tell them about Santa Claus, you know, and you you make <laughs> or you tell them about, you know, you don't want to explain sex yet. So you tell them about flowers and bees. You know, something like this, whereas a very young child's mind is not fully ready to receive larger concepts, even that's, though that's questionable as well. <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, the truth always works. But I guess humanity has created these stages because of the belief that possibly they were beneficial. You know, so... I think that a person, if a person is not able to see through that veil of structure, of organized religion, it's just because they're not ready to. At the end of the story, they're just not ready to see it because, like, if you're ready to see it, you would. You know, like, look at me. I was like a little kid. How was I different from all my classmates who believed it, took it home, read the, you know, accepted everything that the nuns were saying. Why was I the one that was like the rebel and like questioning? But not just rebel for its rebel's sake. I was questioning because like that didn't resonate with my intuition. You know, it's like if your intuition is always present, the truth is inside of us, right? So when something is like discordant notes of a symphony that is like meh I don't think that note comes in and you're like, oh. <laughs> so that's kind of how I felt. And I think that we are very <laughs> disconnected from our inner compass and our inner truth. And that's another reason why we can't see beyond those structures of power mm-hmm. or indoctrination or, you know, I mean, this would be a long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I think, yeah, same thing with me, right? It's this natural curiosity that I was born with. And I've, you know, I feel like I have a very wise soul. I've lived a lot of life and it's, it's just this intuition, this innate wisdom that comes through me. I don't know where it comes from. And so my question is like, how does that work as far as like, when, when is a soul originating? Why are there young souls, older souls? You know, why are the older souls deciding to come here? Is there, I mean, I guess we can go anywhere with this. Is there like interdimensional realities? And like, why are we having this experience of kind of, you know, collectively where there is so many people that are kind of trapped in the program? And, you know, what do you think that journey, like what's the purpose of all of this experience that we're having? I've been working kind of gnawing at that bone for a long time and um yeah, I took something for my throat. My throat is super dry with air conditioning. I'm in the desert in Sedona right now. Oh, in okay. the eye of the vortex here. <laughs> <laughs> I love in Sedona. It's a great place. Yeah. Uh so I've been thinking about you know, you think about Source, God, meaning of life, that reincarnation, our soul, our life, what's the meaning, what's my purpose, all of the things. And 
just kind of really looking through that veil like is this what they tell us that's going on or not that doesn't resonate so what's really going on that's kind of been my driving question and I worked with like with medicines um that's called them psychedelics uh, for the last 30 years plus and it has had a profound influence on my perceptions and my journey and my knowing because uh, you know even though I don't think that psychedelics are necessarily always plugging you into the source of truth. There is a lot of like, we just travel into our own mind and our psyche and we see what we know, but occasionally we see what we don't know, you know? And I think that we have the opportunity to connect with larger, um, larger minds like collective or, you know, mind of God, mind of source, plugging back into source, into this like creation energy that contains all the knowledge that ever existed. So sometimes we dip the tiny little nail of our toe in there, you know, through the psychedelics and we receive messages. And one thing that I've been doing a lot is like, as I do now actively work with, you know, with medicine, plant medicines, I cross-reference with other people a lot because, like, I'm like, how much of this knowing comes to me is just mine? How much is it actually, you know, collective or is there a larger truth to it? And so I think that, so this is my, in a nutshell, this is my cosmology, the way I see things, is that, First, there was source as completely undifferentiated consciousness, you know, like the ocean of consciousness. And I've been really, really into ancient Egyptian, Kemetian um, spiritual uh, teachings lately. And so they feel like they were the first real system on this planet that then a lot of the other systems originated from. But it kind of confirms other materials that I've seen or read and then what comes for me. So from this like primordial soup of source, you know, the ocean of pure consciousness or pure vibration, there was like a, a birthing, you know, an explosion. It could be have been a big bang or it could have been just like some sort of like manifestation of something that is created means it comes it's separate from the original all of consciousness. And from that separation, the separation continued. And it's like a fractal, you know, as the fractal expands, it continues growing, growing, growing in this, you know, kind of improvising, but also pragmatic way. So infinite fractals came from source, from this source consciousness. And we can call them infinite fractals of consciousness. But what happened in that moment also is like duality was created because with creation, duality came into being where before there was only one and one was everything. So with duality, things started getting more and more complicated. And I feel like when I ask myself, why does everything exist the way it is? It's like source wanted to know the infinite possibilities of being. And wanted to experience, like, you know, yes, 
when I'm source as one, I'm infinite potential, but I'm just potential. There is that infinite, unexpressed potential of possibilities. When the source blossoms into creation, then we get infinite possibilities realized of what can be, what expressions. And that's why our world is just like planet Earth is maybe like one drop of water in the ocean of creation. And we can go from the macrocosm to the quantum level, microcosm, super micro quantum, you know, and realize that there is infinite possibilities and infinite complexity and amazing, like beautiful diversity and look at all the expressions. And so for me, just that knowing really coming into that knowing at the almost physical level, it really gives me a lot of peace because like, you know, when I have to work with people with trauma and when I have to work with this, like you've been through some shit, so, you know, like, you know, these horrible things that happen and like, devastation, war, abuse, like loss, incredible pain, incredible fear. Why? You know, why do we have this experience as humans? And in the end, there is really not much more than like, these are the infinite possibilities of source. All of them, it's a range of the infinite possibilities. And it kind of doesn't even have to make sense to our human mind in a way. Because it's so much larger. It's incomprehensible to the human mind, really, right? It's, we're meant, right? not meant to understand it. Not really. Because we are in the experiment, let's call it. We, we are, are the creators life. in creation, creating constantly. So if, if consciousness is constantly expanding and creating itself through infinite possibilities, we are that thing creating it. And when you can wake up to the realization that you are an aspect of that and you wake up to the fact that you are creating your own reality, then you can become that infinite potential. But the healing journey is really releasing those stories and those experiences and those traumas and those fears that are holding you back from experiencing that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's, you know, what's the cool part is that when you look at like Kemetian, so ancient, ancient Egyptian spirituality, which is pre-dynastic, right? We're talking like 35,000 years ago, at least, maybe more, maybe 50,000. We don't quite know. So is this civilizations that existed before our modern agricultural revolution, before like hunter-gatherers and stuff. So it's like our modern human history, it's it's even beyond that. Yeah. So tell me more. I love that. Is this where the pyramids originated or is this even before the pyramids? Okay. So it's before the pyramids. And this is why also the pyramids came about. But this is stuff of like, so Egyptology is so interesting and it's such a mindfuck because they don't want us to know the truth, you know? So when I was in school, they told me the the pyramids were built rolling the blocks on logs up the fucking pyramid. Like, are you freaking kidding me, guys? That's bullshit. Like, uh, are we (laughs) buying that stuff? I don't think so. So how were they built? Tell me more. Well, of course, we don't have the technology right now, but there was a very advanced technology. And so going back to like separation from source, that means that the life was found in throughout the universe and not just on this planet. Um, so there are many 
civilizations and many races of other, call them alien beings, but star beings or whatever you want to call them, other beings, other consciousness expressions into physical form on other planets. Sometimes more advanced and more, you know, because think about it, from source, it's kind of like descending. And so the first forms of embodiment of consciousness were actually really advanced and maybe not even in a physical body entirely because they were still very close to the original expression. Mm, Just pure awareness, right? Pretty much. Mm. Um, But then like, you know, duality, and then duality means that what we call bad, which is, you know, unconscious darkness, fear, pain, you know, all the things that we label as bad are also present. And then, of course, is the tug of war begins and there is different agendas. And like, you know, there starts to be that expression of like, I'm, I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, that comes with duality. And this came at a galactic, you know, civilization level. So what makes us special here, I feel that, I don't know, like some, whatever people might agree or not, but I think that Earth in this moment is a very interesting project because there are a lot of different forces that play on our planet right now that come from really old experiences of other civilizations that have gone through, you know, this perpetual quest of reuniting with source, just like you were talking about a second ago, right? That we're always... um, needing to like shed the story, overcome the trauma, and come back to ourselves as divinity within us. But this is just going back to source consciousness and unity consciousness, which is kind of like a mission, you know, because it's source coming for circle of like, I explored all the possibilities and then they all come back to me. You know, it's kind of like a Taurus, mm-hmm. the energy of a Taurus that recirculates, recirculates. So, I feel like that we do that through the journeys of our souls and also through the longer and more diverse journeys of all the different galactic beings that have reincarnated and then eventually everything has come to earth where now we are kind of like fighting it out a little bit, but like really diving deep into that experiment are we going to be able to transcend duality with our consciousness and i feel like in this moment specifically like things on earth are cyclical so there's been multiple tries of doing this that have not quite succeeded so all the ancient civilizations that i really don't know a lot about like atlantis or lemuria i think there were previous attempts of like reconciling the duality experiment and they you know, it didn't go well. <laughs> and we're kind of right there too, okay? If you really look where humanity is right now, we are on the brink of self-destruction. Let's be realistic. Like, we could easily destroy this planet. It would not be that hard to imagine where we are right now, you know? Well, it's, like, a, it's, a, it's almost a possible, or it's almost a certainty at this point unless we learn to raise our consciousness right and it's we're so stuck in our society and culture in this divisive nature like politically socially economically all these things and it's like we're putting ourselves against each other and we're trying to solve the problems from that level of consciousness which you you basically have to pick a side of they're wrong we have to do it this way and it's really not about solving the issues from that point it's about raising your vibration and your consciousness and evolving as a being 
and releasing those, you know, judgments and those fears and being able to transcend and understand that we are a unity consciousness where separation is the illusion. And until we get to that point, that's really the journey that we're all, you know, all of us really trying to show up and, and provide this, this space for healing to take place is so that we can save this planet and continue on the journey to, you know, reach those higher levels of awareness. How do you see it playing out? I mean, it's, it's we're obviously at this, this, this juxt, this point where it's, it's, you know, we're either going to figure it out or we're not. Are you optimistic that we're going to, and what, what needs to take place for us to shift this collective narrative that we're going through? You know, have you ever heard of the gene keys? Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty optimistic for humans. It sees us really being like kind of through this birth canal of like incredible transformation and evolution of the human species into a whole other, like the homo sanctus, as we call it. I kind of flop a bit sometimes, like, you know, sometimes you look out there a little bit or watch the news for a second or, you know, hang out at the bar with people and like, and, you know, just like. You lose your hope a little bit, huh? <laughs> Yeah, and then you're like, no, 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 no. I can't. That's not what I should be doing. I should be fo- like laser focusing on my work, which is to bring consciousness, anchor it down, and, you know, share it and help raise the vibration. And that's it. And just like stay focused, you know. And when I stay focused, I actually call in people that are at the same level of readiness. And then I get really inspired and really like, like, super hopeful for the work that we're doing because like I think that there is great hope for humanity and you know what honestly at this point it's like even if this moment on earth doesn't complete the transformation there is going to be another opportunity you know like it's not like it's going to be crash burn and like I know there are other planets like Mars they say that Mars was once inhabited an amazing civilization and then they totally messed it up and like you know it's a desert behind and now the martians whatever those guys are like they are here too because like they had to escape i don't know there are stories like this i know it's a serious possibility that we are gonna like juice out our poor mother earth here and like take everything we can and and like then like liver dying but you know, what I've seen and the message I received is that the earth is going to be fine. You know, humans are like kind of, you know, temporary, like in a short span in the big span of time. So if humans mess themselves up, they're going to just go extinct. They're going to come back in a new iteration, maybe somewhere else, maybe here. So it's not like game over. You know what I'm saying? It's just another level of the video game. Yeah, it's so funny when people talk about we're we're destroying the planet, and then yeah, at some level we we're we're messing with the ecosystems and the way the planet works. But the planet's going to be fine. We're 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 just going to destroy ourselves and the planet. I mean, you just look out at these like abandoned towns, how fast nature takes over and like re-establishes itself at such a like quick quick pace. It's really quite fascinating, and so that's why it is so hopeful. You look at all the science that's coming out about how much we're kind of messing with the ecosystem, but if we just make some small tweaks here and there and stop consuming less and be more sustainable <laughs> in different areas, 
like mother nature will recalibrate really quickly. And so we're not at this end phase where we're kind of already over the edge. We still have a very huge opportunity to, 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 to change and shift collectively. And I think there's a lot of people that are waking up and I'm really quite excited when I look out in the world, there is a lot of density and a lot of fear, but it's almost like that is rising to the surface because it's trying to hang on to its identity so much. And there's so many people that are waking up and questioning and it's just really an exciting time to be alive. I always say it all the time, like what a time to be alive to live during this point in human history where we have access to all this technology and, and the ability to, to raise our consciousness. The question was coming to me with, with kind of all these iterations of these past civilizations and all trying to like get to this point of unity consciousness is is it even the point or is the journey the point? And like, why do we keep failing? Is it like, why does consciousness keep creating these experiences where we're going to oneness and then we fail and we destroy and then we come back? Well, we, there's always next time we keep trying. And it's, it's almost to me as if we're never going to actually make it because then that would, the game would be over. And so it's like constantly like just reiterating so that we can actually have an experience. <laughs> That's a great point, brother. I really... <laughs> I appreciate that. I never quite saw it that way, but it would totally make sense. Because imagine the other option, which is like, we win the big monster, the big dragon of the video game, and then game over, you're done, you finish the game. So there is source, reabsorbed everything. Everything is sourced again. And you're sort of like, okay, <laughs> not why. <laughs> like, you let's know, play a game, let's play another game. <laughs> Okay, like, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's what infinity is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point. And it brings a beautiful perspective. So even on those of us who are really committed to our spiritual journey, sometimes we do get a little bit tunnel vision of like, need to achieve that stage, need to feel like enlightened. Or like, you know, I want to be one with God. I mean, you're going to be one with source back when you die. I really think that once we die, we dip back into source. You kind of get like, you know, refreshed. Like, you know, like the Formula Uno cars in Italy when they go to like the pit stop and then like tires change, oil change. And then like 10 minutes later, you're back on the on the race track. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like it's like you already are source, right? And it's the, the illusion that you're not that creates this desire to seek outside of yourself the thing that you're looking for. And I love the quote that's so powerful. And to fully understand this is to find enlightenment. It's what you're looking for is where you're looking from. And I've heard that multiple times. And I'm just starting to get to a point to, to really fully understanding that, which is every single path, even the spiritual path of trying to reach enlightenment is a path leading you away from the present moment of where you're sitting right now. And I think what we're all really looking for and what consciousness is really looking for is how can we be present with the experience as it's unfolding and become the creator partnering with creation. And that's the intuition, right? Like what is coming through me? What wants to be created through me? How can I release the resistance and the stories and the fears keeping me from doing that? And if I'm fully present and I'm, I'm listening and, and, and expressing what wants to be expressed through me in any given moment, that's the point. That's enlightenment. That Just being in the journey and experiencing it as it's unfolding. And if the world ends or, you know, impermanence, the only absolute truth that I've come to realize in this experience of life is impermanence, right? Everything is going to die, be reborn. Right. Everything is changing in every given moment. And to fully surrender into that is to understand the game. It's It's not meant to be forever. It's impermanence is the gift because if everything was forever and we knew exactly what to expect, there would be no experience. There'd be no fun. Like you talked about 
you know, the, the, the primordial consciousness that was everything and it's sitting there and it's like, well, this is kind of boring. I'm just, you know, infinite potential. Well, let me go express. And so we are that expression. And so how can we fully express? And that takes away the judgment of self, the judgment of others, the judgment of good and bad, right and wrong. You're doing it wrong. I'm more spiritual than you. And being able to release all of that to understand like, oh, and that's what develops real compassion. When you can see other people like, oh, they're just living their story. Like, that's okay. That's, that's their story. And if they want to heal that story and create, become the creator of their story, that's really the journey. And I think it's really exciting once we all become creators of this story. Like, what can we create? I mean, just look at the world we've created already in this unconscious way. I mean, if we can all really wake up, I mean, it's really beautiful to see the possibilities of what we can really create. We have, I don't even think we've come close to tapping into that. Mm-mm. I know. I, I love that perspective and it totally like resonates and thank you for just saying it, you know, like, because I got to admit, I get lost sometimes into that, you know, very super hyper-focused mentality of like out there, something out there. And then like, I remember that the more I'm like, you know, the hamster on the wheel kind of trying to do something you know the further away I go from like the inner point of stillness that is where a source really is yeah and it's the paradox of 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 needing both right the masculine and the feminine the feminine is that that surrender that intuition that connection that inner journey and the masculine is the doing achieving you know trying to create and so both are necessary for the experience to take place. And so it's really finding that balance. And I think the key, what I've come into just even recently is, is not to be so hard on myself, right? It's like, you know, the, the judgment is the problem. And so getting lost too much in the masculine and going and doing, and then being like, Oh, and then, you know, judging yourself for not being more connected and then going back to being connected and being like, wait, what's the point here? I'm not actually living life. I don't want to be a Buddhist monk sitting on the temple, just meditating all the time. I want to like actually live. And so it's really, just don't be hard on yourself just go experience life and find your own balance and your own journey and, and continue to connect. And you're going to, you're going to, you're going to forget. And the, and the whole point is you forget so that you can go on the, the journey of remembering again. Right. And it's funny because yeah. you don't really remember that you forgot until you remember again. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Tell me about the, the Egyptians. Tell me more about the Egyptians. You were talking about these 35,000 year old civilizations. I want to know more about kind of what you've studied, what they're, connection to God and the divine was and their technology. Do you know anything more about that? I do. So part of this is really interesting because it came, this, some of this knowledge started um, in a very kind of unexpected way. So I was really obsessed with Egypt like 30 years ago and <clears throat> maybe 20 years ago. So I was working with a lot with MDMA for personal healing. And, uh, you know, it really saved my life because like I was like any good, um, I think to say that word, um, curandero, but there is another word, which is curandero. We won't say the S word, <laughs> but like, you know, I was like on a total path of self-destruction and because I hadn't found my purpose and my path, I was like self-destroying as well as inquiring and seeking and asking. And so my seeking got me to working with MDMA and that was the time that ancient Egypt first came in and I was looking for some answers there. And 
I could not find them. Like I couldn't find the right books or sources or people or like I was disconnected. I was only 30 years old, you know, 29, 30 in my Saturn return. And like, I feel like the knowledge was kind of all there, but the veil was still present. I wasn't able to connect the dots and there was not enough. So I kind of like went through a whole other phase of my life. You know, I was married. I lived on a homestead. I wanted to be self-sufficient, went back to the land, did all of that. And then like psychedelics came back into my life through ayahuasca and was just like, (laughs) everything was like, okay, it's time to like, whatever you think you were doing and you had good intentions, but no. This is not what you're doing. This is what you're doing. And so within like seriously a month of drinking ayahuasca the first time, it just like exploded my life and I was divorced and homeless in Los Angeles and, you know, back to my spiritual path and it brought it back to like number one priority. So through that, I started studying. So I'm getting to the Egyptians, okay? I I didn't lose that. (laughs) You got to put the context (laughs) into it. I get it. Yeah, ayahuasca will put things into context for sure. (laughs) It's not just ayahuasca because, like, in my path is the path of curanderismo that is like based in the vegetalista Shipibo tradition of the Amazon. And so, I work with what's called the master plants, the teacher plants, and these are like archetypal aspects of consciousness that are much older and vaster than what our human, you know, experience can even hold. They're vast and ancient and like amazing. And they're kind of embodied by trees or plants. And if you think about it, I mean, trees can live hundreds of years and they're in a whole different time timeline than we are as humans. So as we work with these plants, last year I got so very so my main uh, plant that I work with, small introduction, is called Noyarao, and it is called the Tree of Light, and is also called Palo Volador, the Flying Medicine. But it basically represents source consciousness. So just like, for example, it's like the first step of creation. You know, from that soup of of consciousness, first plop out, it's like what we call God. You know, what we call God is really not God because we call it something. We personify it. And so it's already created. So created is not the original source. So we kind of do worship a false God in a way, as a demiurge in a way, you know, and the Egyptians had it right because for them it was Ra, the sun God, which Ra is God, but Ra is also the first downstepping of the Nunu, the, the source of the consciousness. So for the Shipibo cosmology, it's very kind of similar and parallel. There are all these really interesting parallels throughout our ancient histories that are coming together and they're just really kind of enjoyable to observe. (laughs) And, you know, so the tree of light represents the first step of creation consciousness in the plant realm. And it holds this highest level of light consciousness that is created. So it's like the light is love, is everything that is positive, but is also infinite possibilities and is masculine and feminine integrated into one. Non-duality, right? 
Not it's not a quite practical exactly. question when you're working with this yeah, type yeah. of medicine because I've I mean, I've worked with ayahuasca and I, I've I've worked with the Shipibo tradition as well and you know I've heard about you know these these plant medicine teachers um, you know that aren't ayahuasca are these plant medicines like the one you're working with are they psychedelic or do you work with them in conjunction with ayahuasca do they give you mm-hmm. is you know like how does that work as far as working with that plant teacher and how does it teach you mm-hmm. so some of them have some psychoactive properties most of them have medicinal properties some of them have just pure energetic properties yeah just the essence so, of it, its spirit yeah no. so ayahuasca is for us in the vegetalista and also not all shipibo lineages are same this is a very kind of specific and very unique shipibo lineage because Noyarao was like the part of the legend of the Shipibos that, that that tree left the planet because we didn't deserve it. And then just recently, like maybe 10, 15 years ago, they came back for oh. humanity. And yeah, the trees, I mean, I go to the jungle to diet with the trees because the trees are amazing and I want to be with them physically, like uh-huh. hugging them next to them. Like, so they just know. made their, uh, they made, they remade their appearance just 15 years ago? And how did that how did that happen? It just started growing spontaneously. Like, what's the story there? It was okay. So this is a really interesting story because there's a lot of crazy politics involved in it, like everything else. But for what I know, to the best of my understanding and belief, so take it with a pinch of salt. Um, my teacher, um, Kesten Ronan. I'm not gonna say his Western name, but um, he found he saw the first three envisions and. Him and his wife, so his wife, she actually holds the older, supposedly, you know, in our lineage that was transmitted through um, dieting instead of the plant, just the essence of the plant. So the plant was gone, but they were transmitting to each other down the essence of the plant since ancient times. Mm-hmm. But then when they got together and they married, you know, or whatever, they got together, he seeing the three individuals the and they found this land and they found the three in the physical realm wow. and so together they bought that piece of land and that's where the first school that he made was created and the school is still on that land and the two oldest trees that are known of are on that land now but also people have been finding the trees deep in the jungle and they're big and suddenly they're like you know like they were not there before and I mean, trees grow fast in the jungle. There maybe the trees might be like 30, 40, 50, 100 years old, but mm. they were kind of undercover before they would not want to be found or seen. And now the trees are like, okay, we're back. We're on a mission to like support humanity, to come give a little support push to go towards that, you know, experiencing source as part of it. And now things get more interesting. So now we'll make the connection to Egypt because um, some people, some of my teacher's older students brought another plant to the jungle that doesn't belong there. And that plant is blue lotus. It's Nymphia cerulea. It's a plant that's originally from Egypt and it's in all the hieroglyphics. It's in all the text papyruses. And it's an extremely important plant. It represents creation. So, you know, when you think, you see the blue lotus, there is maybe the god Nefertem, 
that has either a lotus on its head or as a crown. It's also, you know, our crown chakra is, is violet, so it's that. And it's also sitting as a child, like Poro's child sits on the lotus as Nefertam, as creation. So the god Horus, who represents the highest potential of humanity, sits on the lotus of creation. And that's that lotus. So somebody took that lotus to the jungle and they dieted it, like in the style of Shipibo Dietas, like we do with the other master plants. And I think this is really part of like, I don't know, approaching higher levels of consciousness collectively because that plant is like extremely high vibration and it also represents reincarnation, holds the knowledge and all the knowledge that plant has knows because it's been there since the beginning. It knows everything that happened. And so when I, I went to the jungle last year, I dieted with blue lotus. And that was like a completely transformational, life-changing experience because like I know that plant called me there and Noyarao called me there and sandwiched us together. And so I really started going deep into the research of like, why Egypt? What happened there? Like, and who am I? And what am I doing here? And why these plants? And what do they want from me? <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. So what did you learn? What did they teach you about, about Egypt? And, and did you, were you able to answer any of those questions? Okay. So this is when things get crazy already. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe you heard other kinds of crazy. So this is like, I'm crazy. You're, 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 it's all, all welcome here. That's what the, the point of this podcast is to, to show people that crazy is okay. Cause we don't really know anything. Right. And believe me, like when this stuff started coming in, I would look at myself in the mirror and I was like, girl, you lost it. Like you're <laughs> like you're out there. Talk about ungrounded, huh? But no, but this is like, you know, I know my intuition said this is truth, even if it's just my truth, this is my mm. truth for me. Yep. I'm not trying to push in on anybody. This is my experience, my knowing for myself and the truth of Vivica and who I am, and what I believe in, and my cosmology, and I know it's just as valid as anybody else's, so yours might be completely different, and you're like, no, I see it this way, and I was like, that's all right, you know, it's cool, infinite possibilities. That's right. So, so what he showed me is, like, one thing I really wanted to know was, like, who am I, and where I come from, and when, why am I this freaking weirdo that <laughs> I feel like I am, and why is my life so crazy and being so crazy? And it just started showing me, you know, things that I knew, like since I was a little kid, I was obsessed with the Orion's Belt stars. And I lived in the mountains in Italy. And every time I could see them, I would point at them and be like, mm, home, home, home. You know, like as a three and four year old, you know, <laughs> it's kind of odd. And then just being obsessed with them throughout my life. So, then I found out more information, but basically it showed me that I came, I come from a planet in the Orion South Star System. I mean, that's my soul. And this is a long time ago. And uh, I came to Earth the first time about 11,000 years ago. And the reason why the, the Giza pyramids are there is that because it was like kind of a joint 
experiment and a joint project, let's say, like United Nations, United Star Nation project, because on on Orion, something was happening kind of like in Star Wars, the Empire, you know, they say it's based on what was happening on Orion. So it became very, like, extremely repressive and dogmatic, kind of like it's happening here in some places, you know. But what they did, they had the technology to keep souls from reincarnating somewhere else. So the souls were like, we're bailing, like, max talks with those, but no, they got these energetic skills that kept the souls from leaving. So they were stuck on the planet. And so there was a lineage of initiates that were like in the mysteries of spirituality source and coming from the ancient, ancient teachings of who we are and what we are here for. And they also say that the Christ consciousness first incarnated on Orion, one of the Orion's planets, because they were so fucked up that they really needed some help. And so that piece of consciousness as Christ consciousness incarnated there the first time into a body. And from there, then guess what? It came through Egypt because the, you know, Yeshua, as we see him as Jesus Christ, is nothing but a recycling of like the ancient myths of like Orion, I mean, um, Osiris and Isis and Horus of the child. You know, so, but that is all knowledge that comes from the Kemetian tree of life, which then was also recycled into the Jewish tree of life, the Kabbalah. And, you know, and the the Hebrew tribes and the Egyptians were not actually at war or like in slavery. They were more like collaborating and teaching because the, the mystery schools were all in Egypt in the temples. So... You know, there there is, I'll suggest a book to you that explains it really well, but this is very con- consistent with what I saw and the Blue Lotus told me. So one ceremony, I put Blue Lotus oil on my third eye and then all this stuff started downloading into me. I was like, what the hell? Um, so I started seeing how my soul came in through the pyramids and that the pyramids, amongst other things, were also like this giant machine, quantum machine designed to help the souls escape the, the gravity pool and the net of Orion. And the Syrians were here already. And the Syrians and the Pleiadians built the pyramids to help, amongst other things, because they had other purposes. But one of the big purposes through the capstones and like the alloys that they were using and their you know, really quantum technologies that they were using, they could like bring those souls out of that net and then pull them in, like literally funnel them through the pyramid. And then not just that, but they came with DNA. So we think that, you know, there were indigenous um, humanoids and humans already on earth, but then like, all the star beings started coming and we started mixing the DNA so that we could help, you know, really inhabit these bodies. So that's why we have so many different kinds of bodies. And, you know, like people started really resonating. I never believed in this channeling stuff and the star people, oh my God, like, like if you asked me a year ago, I would, I would be laughing in your face. 
Oh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I just had a past life regression uh, not too long ago. And she said that I lived a lifetime during ancient Egypt times as some, you know, wise Pharaoh. And I had past lives, uh, physical lives in the Sirius star system as well. So it's fascinating that you're, you're yeah. So it's fascinating that you're saying this. You know, my question is like, that comes, you know, and obviously we don't know how this works, but just would love to get your perspective on, you know, we're calling these souls in from Syrian or we, you know, I hear a lot about like star seed children, star beings. And so, you know, why is there a difference between our souls coming and incarnating in human bodies? And then how does that relate to kind of these inter uh, dimensional beings and kind of aliens that are coming and they're actually, they are separate consciousnesses that are coming. And, and it seems to me that they're starting to show themselves a little bit more frequently now. Um, and kind of how, do, how does that kind of intertwine and, you know, why do these interdimensional beings and aliens as we call them come? And then how come some of us come and incarnate in physical human bodies as well? I didn't have an answer, but somebody that was here this past weekend actually gave me this really amazing answer. As that some of us really either messed up their home planet or there was so much trouble that either they were destroyed, they could only survive as a soul so that we had to come and be, mm-hmm. or we survived as like a little bit of DNA literally like scraped off from somewhere, you know, and then like we had to like hybridize with the humans. I think there's probably, you know, if we look at the big picture of the duality experiment, there is probably an agenda that like, you know, we are here to like push for the resolution of this level of duality experiment, you know, like we want to come to some sort of like possibility for like really stop being in freaking survival mode and like go to the creation mode. Like, and in order for us to get to full creative expansion mode of possibility, we need to overcome this survival programming, which is a lot of it also comes with like being in a physical body and you know with the earth races they bring both that dna fear of survival but they also bring like being in harmony with nature so then the alien element is more like remembering like like heightening the consciousness remembering more and more and more and like, how do we deprogram the fear of survival out of our DNA? You know, so I think there's been tampering in both ways, like from some, you know, racist star nations that wanting to deprogram it out. And then some other ones like name reptilians and such, they actually, they, that's kind of like all they can experience. And so they want to hybridize with the humans to be able to experience more but then in the process, they're kind of doing damage as well. And they're maybe not really able to understand what the fuck is going on. And like, they're just self-serving, more ego-based, you know? Interesting. So, yeah, that resonates. I mean, that story, it just seems looking out collectively at what we're going through as a human race. It, you know, on the spiritual kind of esoteric side of it, that seems like it resonates a lot. Like this, we're, we're at this this point where we all have within us these creative elements, these spiritual elements, these connections. And then we have this kind of dense human survival where we kind of evolved from on this earth. And we're kind of at 
war within ourselves and spiritually. And these energies are kind of going yeah. back and <laughs> forth. And it seems like we're at this spiritual kind of warfare and like what's going to win, right? This is what's going on right now. And for those of your followers that maybe haven't got it yet, but look out the whole COVID and pandemic and everything that's happening. This is just spiritual warfare. And it's playing out, of course, in the 3D at some level, but the real war is energetic. And is, you know, again, it's the pool of duality. It's the pool of like the lower vibration, the fear, the programming of like survival, pure physical survival. And then there is the pool of like evolution, transcendence, ascension, I guess that's the second word. But, you know, yeah. ascension is so misunderstood. Um, but like being fully realized as like divinity in our bodies and sovereign beings, which is what the other agenda is trying to take away from us because they're trying to be like, no, you got to obey and you got to do this for the good of humanity. Where there's like total freaking misunderstanding and missing the point, you know, with being by being sovereign, empowered being, that's how we do the work for humanity, uh, you know, not. What a time to be alive, huh? <laughs> I guess we chose it, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I love the challenge, love the journey, and love the the opportunity. And I love, you know, I'm just so grateful that I have this this innate wise soul that I is just a gift because I didn't. I mean, maybe at, at some level I decided to come in here, but as this human experience, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to experience it. Um, as we come to a close, I got a, one more question, but I did want to, uh, if you had the name of that book about the ancient Egyptians, if you could share that, yeah. and we can put it in the show. Let notes. Me, hold on. I'll show you the brother book. I mean, this author has, is very prolific and I think it's been kind of like, I don't know, forgotten, not known, but so this is Dr. Muata Ashby. the temple of the soul this is i haven't started yet the one that i wanted to talk about that i was talking about is called the kemetian tree of life the kemetian tree of life yeah and you can find him on amazon and also they have a website it's called egyptianyoga.com it's really interesting it's got a lot of stuff there awesome and i need at least five more books from him that i need to study I'm going to put that in the show notes for you that you guys that are listening uh, so you can check it out. Um, one question, just kind of a practical thing. Maybe people are listening to this and they're a little bit uh, concerned that how crazy we are, <laughs> but uh, maybe they're on the journey. Obviously, if they, if they're listening to my podcast, um, they're definitely curious and uh, at least on some level wanting to show up and be a better person and evolve consciously and work through their own stuff so they can reach higher levels of awareness and fulfillment and joy. Um, what are some some practical tools or maybe some advice or experience shares for the listeners that might be on the journey, might be experiencing some pain, some fear, some suffering, um, and, and how can they show up and, and move towards these higher levels of awareness like we're talking about? Um, so we start at ground level. And for me, I'm a nutritionist. That's my day job. So it's really important, though. Number one is take care of your physical body. That is done by using still tools of ancestral evolution, because despite 
our alien DNA in this body, we are still mostly like, I would say 90% is like, you know, of our DNA is the ancient DNA of the children of this earth. So what did they eat? They ate pretty much when hunter gatherers ate. And so it's a lot of animal protein. Protein is really important to anchor the mind. One thing they do in um, trauma centers, they feed abused women protein for like a week before they even start counseling. So eat your steak, eat your meat, you know, in a smart way, sustainable way, restorative agriculture, know where you get your food, don't buy GMO stuff. That makes you stupid. So, you know, toxins and the stuff that they feed us that are really bad, they're also designed to make us more stupid and less aware. Meat is not one of the things. Like there are people that are kind of, in my opinion, misunderstand a little bit how to take care of this vessel. And they're like the belligerent vegans. And they say that meat makes you stupid or meat makes, lowers your vibration. That is absolutely not true. In the, uh, the opposite, like things like meat and protein, we really need to feed our nervous system to anchor the super high levels of vibration and like frequencies that we need to like channel into this body. If our body is not like a grounding rod, like rooted into the planet, into the earth, we're going to fry. <clears throat> so you're not going to be able to evolve very far because you're going to fry yourself at some level, physical, spiritual, or mental, emotional. So take care of your body. Avoid all the stuff that comes from fear and pain. So factory farming and like industrial foods, like all of the things. Stay connected to nature, spend time outside, get off the fucking screens, you know, like don't watch the news. That's kind of a basic, <laughs> you know, social media with a grain of salt, like just don't over abuse it. Be honest with yourself about your emotional crutches. Like we all have them, we all use them. You know, try to work, you know, work with some trauma-informed therapies and modalities. That's also a very great step that works both for integration and for preparation for doing deeper spiritual work or work with psychedelics. You know, um, working with psychedelics is great in the context of like really being prepared with other modalities, supportive modalities, which like I say, good nutrition, nature, and then trauma-informed modalities for therapy. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Um, all right. Where can people find you? Um, do you have any social platforms? I know you have a website and you do a lot of uh, work with nutrition and stuff and, and put out a lot of good content. So where can people find you if they're interested in uh, learning more? Um, my, I have a new baby is my new website and just launched not too long ago and has kind of connected to all my older stuff because I've been around in the digital space for a long time. Uh, so this one is called journey to wholeness dot love and is journey number two and wholeness dot love uh, instead of dot com. I thought that was kind of cute. That is cute. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Any, any, are you on Instagram? Um, well, that and I'm on Instagram under my old handle, which is the Nourish Caveman, because that's kind of where things got started for me in nutrition. So the Nourish Caveman on Instagram, the Nourish Caveman on Facebook, and then the NourishCaveman.com is my original website, and it's huge. It's got so much content in there. Um, 
But if you want to find, and my books as well, like, so if you want to find them kind of all under one umbrella is journey to wholeness love, then from there it links out to everything else. Awesome. All that will be in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to keep this episode rolling for you premium members. We're going to have an extended episode where we're going to ask what her secret to the universe is. And uh, if you're not a premium member and it's something that you're interested in uh, joining, um, it really is one way to support this podcast. It's $7 a month. Uh, you get access to extended episodes like this one uh, and a lot of other amazing premium content. It just goes a long way in helping support the podcast. If you don't feel called to support this podcast financially, you can do it by leaving a review or rating this podcast or sharing it with someone that you think might resonate with it. That goes a long way in supporting. I uh, really appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um, I think that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really loved this podcast. It was absolutely incredible. And I'm excited for uh, the secrets of the universe coming up next. Uh, premium members stick around. Everybody else, thank you so much. <laughs>